the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show on this Taco Tuesday. Yeah, you know what? We never got any sound effect going for Taco Tuesday. You always expect that taco crunch. Right. Well, you know what? We actually have a little sound effect to share with you guys coming up a little bit later because Taco Tuesday just got a little bit yummier. Thanks to Dr. Jill Bigot. Oh, excuse me. I mean, Biden. We're going to share that uh, continuing uh, uh, story that continues to be updated as we go on throughout the day. We're going to share that with you. Finally, against the DA's wishes, the video of the Uvalde police response at the Robb Elementary School shooting was released today. A redacted version, but it was still informative, and we're going to share with you the shocking revelations as to what was revealed to continue. I'm starting to sound like Kamala Harris. Y'all know the story just kills me. Um, but there's a reason why they didn't want this video shown to, to the public and particularly to the family members of those who's lost their loved ones. It certainly doesn't uh, fit the narrative of what has been pushed out. And it's incredibly important that the American people understand what really happened in Uvalde, because we know that the left likes to use every tra- tragedy they can to take our freedoms away. And they prey upon an uninformed public in order to do so. So we've got to share that with you. Um Biden's got a foot out uh, on his back, man, pushing him out. The forces to remove him from office, given his age is is the latest thing, is really surprising to me, given how much time is left in his term. I know. Yeah. Taste it. Yeah. Well, we can. The Democrats can taste getting you out of here, man. But then what do they do? That's the that's the twenty five million dollar question is what do they do if they try to push him out now? And it wrote and, and it begs the question of is it possible that Kamala could step in as VP and then also then run for two full terms? So um, is that possible for Kamala? Some people say it is. And we reached out to our good friend, our favorite constitutional expert and attorney, Tom DeBacaro, who will be here to answer that question. Because, you know, Kamala is licking her lips on this Taco Tuesday, thinking that she might have a chance at not just one, not just dose, but trace chances at sitting in the Oval Office. So we've got a great show for you guys tonight. 888-344-1170 is the call-in number. 888-344-1170. You can also email me at andreakshow.com. Getting lots of emails there. Andreakshow.com, in particular, some emails about 
the uh, Gateway Pundit article yesterday and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. And we're going to we're that's also a story we're going to revisit tonight and update you, because in spite of those revelations yesterday, the Jan 6 committee is back today, still pushing the right wing extremist groups in connection with Trump. 888-344-1170. Before I go any further, my man, I'm not sure if he ate any tacos today or not, but he eats potato skins all the time. It's DJ Potato Skins. I should be DJ. DJ Roasted Chicken today. Now, I have a question for Tom as well. If the Democrat Party pushes hard against Kamala, would they just tell her, yeah, just stay put. We have somebody else in mind. Well, that's a topic coming up in the bottom half of the hour. So we're going to be exploring the options for the Democrats right now because they are in full on panic mode. And one option that they are seriously considering is uh, how to how to get rid of him right now. And then what are their options for there um, right now? They're and then they got a double they got a double problem while they've got the fact that these dudes sitting in the Oval Office that clearly did not win 80 something more. But really, <laughs> this dude got more votes than Barack Obama, more votes than anybody in American history. Are you kidding me? Not only is he a gaff factory every time he goes to the microphone, but so is the brilliant Dr. Jill Bigot, excuse me, Er Biden. So she went today, or yesterday, I guess it was, down to a group of some convention known as the Latin X, Latino Y, X O Y, whatever it is, organization. And and that in and of itself was a mistake because the Latin community has already come out and said, we don't play this alphabet tyranny game here. Okay, that's not who we are. Well, you know what? The first act of disrespect against the Latin community was that they're continuing to try to shove some Latinx nonsense on on uh, a group of people, whether they're naturally from the United States, immigrate here. They're not about that. Okay, Um, so that was the first act of disrespect. And then she decided. (laughs) <laughs> of course, like Joe Biden, we know she didn't write any, she doesn't write any speeches, right? I mean, there's nobody that thinks that this woman is, is, you know, um, uh, you know, well, well experienced in putting pen to paper and crafting great speeches, right? We know that they've got a team of speech writer, writers. However, if you're going to step up and read some words written off a teleprompter, you best want to make sure you know if you didn't write them. It isn't any excuse if you didn't write them, if you're going to read them as though you did, right? So it just goes to show another point of complete ignorance, as we say in the South. That's that's Southern boy, Bubba's boy way of saying ignorance. In, in another act of ignorance, uh, she either she wrote this into the teleprompter or she read it stupidly, ignorantly, just like her dopey husband would do. Skins, please play <laughs> Clip three. (laughs) But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> Pause for applause. Is she just your went, she just she just like paused, right? She knew that that was her applause line, right? Kind of like, you know, um uh you know, in in a TV set if you've been there that they hold up for the audience, right? The applause line. There might have actually been people there on scene holding up applause signs for the audience, right? She was so proud of herself if you watch this video. But let's let's even back up pre calling Hispanic people breakfast tacos. <laughs> 
What was she trying to say about a bodega? Was she trying to say bodega? Like the bodega worker who's been falsely arrested for murder when he was just defending himself against a felon? Is that what she was referring to? (laughs) Is there anything worse than somebody who's trying to pander to a group of minorities in such a manner? Let's just show how inclusive we are. Let us remind you that this woman was married to Joe, to, to, to Joe Biden back when he talked about what a, what a surprise it was that Barack Obama was an articulate, clean black man. She was married to Joe Biden at the time in which Joe Biden said you can't go into the 7-Eleven without hearing somebody with an Indian accent. These people are bigots. Bigots. You think that I would ever... First of all, I would never read a prompter uh, on the spot like that. I would know what was in any speech before I was going to read if I was uh, not only vice president, but if I was going to give any speech to anybody, I would either pen it myself or I would make sure I read through that prompter uh, in advance so I would know what it would said. She clearly knew what the what this line was. She was clearly okay with it, but she didn't have the sense to know that to not say it. And you know why? Because she's a bigot, because she's a racist. She was married to Joe Biden when he was Mr. Anti-Segregation, when he was Mr. Uh, Pro-Segregation, when he was anti-busing. She was there, married to him at a time in which, uh, who was the dude? Robert Byrd was, you know, the king of the Senate, and he was, um, they didn't call him the Lion of the Senate. That was was the uh, Ted Kennedy who who left a woman to, to drown, Mary Jo Kopechny, murdered a woman. Um, no, um, conscience of the Senate. Is that what it was? Yeah, the conscience of the Senate. These people are bigots. That's what they are. And you know what? I was glad that at least some people responded uh, to her appropriately. Uh, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists had something to say about it, Skins. I don't know if you've got clip four handy. The National Association of Hispanic Journalists is responding in a tweet, encouraging, quote, Dr. Biden and her speechwriting team to take the time in the future to better understand the complexities of our people and communities. The group adding, we are not tacos. Um, If you've got to tell somebody to not refer to you as a taco, that's not somebody you should probably be giving a second chance to. And why is she getting another chance in the future, Skins? You think Roseanne Barr got another chance? The entire TV franchise that made many people from the actors to the cast and crew very wealthy lost her franchise that she built and created because of one tweet of a pic about Valerie Jarrett. Chris Harrison, who single-handedly made the the Bachelor franchise on his own, uh, at least he was, a, I would say he was at least 60% of the success of that franchise as the host, lost his gig because he asked for sympathy for a girl who went to an Old South party in her sorority days. But yet the vice, the um, first lady of the United States, she goes out to the Hispanic community and she might as well, she might as well have been, to use an analogy, this is as bad as if she had gone and been speaking to uh, at a temple somewhere and actually said to, you know, the, the Jewish people in attendance, we know you're great with money. Or if she had been talking to the NAACP and said, yeah, I, y'all, y'all, I just love being here because y'all are so great, such great dancers. That's what this is. And nobody in the conservative movement ever gets a second chance. Today, we had a chance to get rid of Whoopi Goldberg. I don't even remember now what it was she said. It was it was something a bit against uh, Jews, wasn't it? That I, I don't remember what it was. 
but she had to step away for a while and we and and Republicans and conservatives gave her a pass and we shouldn't have because you know what we never get a pass we never get forgiven do you think Melania Trump would be allowed to walk the planet right now if she had made those comments Whoopi Goldberg today oh you know um We've all stepped in it. Just try not to do it again. Do, well, you know what? Hmm. That might have made sense if this was the first time that Jill Biden had gone before the Hispanic community and insulted their intelligence and insulted their, their um, ethnic uh, group. Uh, Skins, please play clip. Your handwriting is like a serial killer. I have no idea what number this uh, is. Please refer to it as a doctor. <laughs> um, uh, this is the other Jill Biden clip. I can't read your handwriting here. Clip 10. So say it with me. See, say quadre. The future is ours. Thank you. <laughs> Which is worse, man? Is it the breakfast tacos or the see, say quadre? The future's ours. This is just so incredibly insulting to people. They're apologizing now. Uh, the first quote, the first lady apologizes that her words conveyed anything but pure admiration and love for the Latino community, wrote press secretary to the first lady, Michael LaRosa. Um, hmm. It was the inclusion luncheon spelled I-N-C-L-U-X, capital X-I-O-N. Just absolutely despicable. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to shift gears. We're going to share with you an update. We've had a little bit of fun. Now we got to get serious. we got to talk about what was revealed on this Uvalde school shooting video. No wonder the DA, uh, local DA tried to fight its release. And we are going to share with you some of the shocking things that we saw on the video in case you haven't seen it for yourself. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show 888-344-1170. Did you watch this video? Of Uvalde, I posted it on my socials today. The district attorney did not want it released uh, for obvious reasons. It was put out today by the Austin American Statesman in conjunction uh, with KVUE in Texas. Uh, it was edited down. The full video is 77 minutes long. It was edited down. They also redacted and took out the audio of the children screaming. And I was initially when I watched it, I was thankful for that. But then I there's bring a myself to watch it yet. Uh, but well, there's a part of me that thinks that the children screaming should have been allowed to be heard, at least a part of it. And let me tell you why. One of the reasons why we forgot 9-11 is because it's been sanitized as to what happened. There's a reason why they did not want the truth about what happened to be revealed to the American people, because they knew that they had an opportunity to not protect children, but an opportunity to take our rights away from us under the guise of protecting children through gun control measures. And, and next hour, we've got a story as to what Gavin Newsom is doing here that has nothing to hear a, a bill that he signed into law here in California today that has absolutely nothing to do with protecting children. Won't help one child anywhere in a school. But let me tell you what this video showed. It showed that if the school had been hardened in the first place, which the Biden administration has admitted they're not for, he would have never gotten in and killed one person. That's the first mistake right there. You've got to ask yourself, if you vote for Joe Biden or if you vote for a Democrat, why in the world are they against locked doors? Why are they against metal detectors? 
Why are they against armed guards outside of schools? Why are you against that if you care so much about children? I don't want to hear the screams of children, but let me tell you, something's got to wake up the Democrat Party from the insanity that is behind this push for gun control at the expense of children's lives. Let's talk about what was shown on the video. The first thing you can see on the video is him crashing his truck. Two people try to run kind of over towards him and and he starts shooting at him. So they run away. You don't see from the video here, but there were reports that there was a policeman in the area who had him in his sights and called to ask if he had permission, called his supervisor. The supervisor doesn't get back to him, so he doesn't pull the trigger, which is insane. You can hear what you can hear is a school teacher calling 911 and screaming to children to get in their classrooms, get in their classrooms, because you can also see on the video a boy comes out of the bathroom. The the, the uh, shooter goes inside and a boy comes out of the bathroom and sees him and runs into the bathroom. So, you know, it makes sense that a teacher would be screaming to kids, you know, get in, get in your classrooms, get in your classrooms. But the problem is, is that the doors aren't locked. If there's not barricaded, that's not the solution. Again, why aren't these schools hardened? One man was able to walk in freely into a school openly carrying weapons and was able to pick off children. Hardening the school solves the problem. Yeah. And if you're not going to harden the schools and protect children, then do your job as a police force. What's the point of having law enforcement? They're trying to tell us that we don't have the right to own our own guns and to protect ourselves. And yet this is what we're left with, with no, no defenses, no, no way to defend ourselves. Children in in unopened schools, just with a target on their backs, literally. The police weren't doing their jobs, but they were stopping parents that wanted to do their job for them from helping the kids. Right. Well, that's not on this video, this video, but that's a good point. They didn't do their job here. They were there within three minutes, three minutes, which was still too long because he was actually seen outside by by a police officer who should have pulled the trigger and didn't. So he comes in into the hallway and he's walking, walking down the hallway. Kid comes out, sees that he's got a gun, runs off. Then he goes in and starts shooting. But he didn't kill all 19 people in three minutes. And you can see. The the number of police officers coming in there and you can see that they are heavily armed. They're clad in body armor. They've got helmets. Some of them even have protected shields. There was absolutely no excuse. It is a flat out lie that they had to um, they, they couldn't go in. And it, first of all, it's a flat out lie that he was barricaded, because if you if they, they believed he was barricaded, because if they believed he was barricaded, why would they be all the way down the hall away from him? They knew he was an active shooter, because if they thought that he was no longer an active shooter and just barricaded behind a door, then why would they need to be cowering behind corners wearing armed shields and helmets? Why would they? Does that make sense to you, Skins? If they no, thought that he was just barricaded, had, I mean, their first excuse was, "Well, they don't. They didn't know exactly where he was, but they did." And yeah, they're protected. So do your job. If they if they thought that he was, it, it, well, the initial excuse too was that they didn't know he was an active shooter. Uh, they thought he was barricaded, which gave them time to do this and bring in these different tools and this and this and this. All a lie, and you can see that every bit of that was a lie. And again, if you're armored, what are you worried about? Well, not yeah, but especially if they're barricaded. 
especially if they're barricaded. But in this case, they weren't barricaded because there was continued to be shots that were heard. 45 minutes later, there were shots. That's how long kids and teachers were still alive. While these, I I can't even, FCC regulations precludes me from saying what I want to say about these people. There's even on video at one point, one of these pieces of caca goes over to the wall hand sanitizer dispenser and just calmly goes over and just puts some hand sanitizer on his hand. I'm I'm at a complete loss of words. Every one of these clowns still has a badge today. Every one of them. It's absolutely inexcusable when you watch this. At 1221, 45 minutes after police arrived on the scene, four more shots are heard. And at least a dozen officers start to move towards the classroom. 45 minutes later. An officer, and, and it's not as though they go, oh, wow, we thought he was barricaded this whole time. We didn't know, the, we didn't know he was still an active shooter. An officer can be heard, heard saying they're making entry, yet they didn't. Ten minutes later, an officer wearing a helmet and a ballistic vest pauses to squirt. Oh, that's, yeah, so it's ten minutes after that where this dude wearing a helmet and a ballistic vest decides to saunter over and put some hand sanitizer on his hand. Really? At 1241, a man wearing blue rubber gloves and a black shirt, khaki pants, and a black baseball cap with a stethoscope around his neck arrives and speaks to officers. Other paramedics arrive with supplies. Two officers in camouflage fist bump each other. At 1250, finally, officers crouch outside the classroom and then they go in and they take him out. And it was a border, but it was a border patrol officer who actually went in and took out the gunman. I'm like you, Andrea. What what, what I really want to say, I cannot. If you're a fan, you know, I'm, I've been on the fence about this qualified immunity for police officers how can you do your job if you're in the situation to where you might be sued personally and, and then affects your spouse and your kids for how you behave on the job? But these, every one of them in the hallway, played a part in the deaths of those 19 kids. They are, they are, they are accomplices to, to, to murder of 19 children. The, the only thing I can say on air, Andrea, is regardless of whatever orders they were given, they knew the situation you know, and I'm not a law in, in, in enforcement myself, but I would have just I would have tr- tried to do something anyway. And may, and even worse than everything that went on in there was the cover up. They've been lying and covering up, lying and covering up the entire police force. There is no excuse for the fact that these men in full protective gear left those children to be slaughtered. And the school teacher, one of the two school teachers who died, might have lived because she was still alive at the point in which they finally went in there. But at that point, it was an hour and 15 minutes later, and she died either en route or at the hospital. But she was still alive at that point. I don't know how many were already dead within the first three minutes before they got there, but we know that there were multiple 
children and teachers still alive at the point that they were there. These police officers have blood on their hands, and so do any of the Democrats and any Republicans trying to use this as an excuse as a story about gun control and how gun control is the problem here. No, the problem here was a local officials and, na- and even national officials who don't care enough about children to make sure that doors are locked. And law enforcement, one of which was a commander who had given money to Beto O'Rourke and was all about gun control. Now, I'm not on board with saying that anything that happened here was on purpose. I don't believe in any of that. But the response here is inexcusable. Every one of them in the hallway is responsible for the 19 deaths, in my opinion, plus the two, two school teachers. Not one of them should have their job. Not one of them should be given a pension. They all should have been fired. And nobody should be talking about gun control. And then it gets even and then it's even worse than that. How they trotted the family members up there to talk about gun control, knowing that it didn't have anything to do with why these people died. Those families will never be the same. No. Just uh, astounding to me. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We need better leadership in this country all across the board in every aspect of our country. We're going to talk to Tom DeBacaro about it when we come back because, you know, the Dems are, are really literally in the, in the middle of trying to push Joe Biden out. And then what happens? We got to figure out what's going to happen because let me tell you, all Joe Biden is not going to be here two years from now. He's not going to be here two years from now. Who will be? Who will be sitting in the Oval Office going into the 2024 elections? Tom DeBacaro will explain when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The answer is San Diego. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, 79 and counting. <laughs> the Democrats are suddenly there, all anti um, octogenarian. Uh, there's just all kinds of articles from New York Times to Daily Caller to where, um, as well as polling numbers out, there's a Harris poll out. 64% of voters believe um, that Biden is showing that he's too old to be president. Uh, there's even. Um, Former presidential advisor David Gergen in a recent interview said that it is, quote, inappropriate for candidates to pursue the presidency after they've turned 80 years old. I do feel it's inappropriate to seek that office uh, after you're 80 or in your 80s, he told The New York Times. Um, He went on to say, I've just turned 80 and I have found over the last two or three years, I think I would have been unwise for me to try to run any organization. You're not quite as sharp as you once were. Isn't this interesting? Because they they don't have a problem with the Supreme Court court justices like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who I think was well into her 80s. Um, Clearly, they've got a problem with Joe Biden. But is Kamala Harris the solution? Nobody believes that Biden can hang in there until 2024. So what what's going to happen? So I reached out to my friend Tom Delbacaro. Y'all know Tom. Well, author of uh, The Divided Era and other books. And he's got political Vanguard website and you see him all over Fox and everywhere. Hello, Tom D. Hey. Great to be back on, and thanks for wanting to reference my November 17, 2021 article, Five Reasons Why Kamala Harris's Presidential Dreams Probably Won't Come True. Mm, that's right. You did write that. But but hold up now. Hold up. We, this is actually a serious topic because there is uh, 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 it, every day now. 
it is just almost a a mental break at the microphone from him to the degree to where I've actually got a funny clip to play for you in a minute with this foreign reporter who's mocking Joe Biden. Um, Staffers are now coming out and saying that he's shuffling. He's now shuffling. They're scared he's going to trip over a wire. Um, Clearly, he can't even navigate, you know, you know, like a beach cruiser bike. The Democrats want him out. So I we had heard the other day that um, if 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 he if they do push him out before reelection, that means the succession is Kamala Harris as vice president steps in in the presidency. Um, then um, what happens there? There's differing reports. There's we've heard conflicting accounts that if she if you just step in as VP, you can still run for two full terms. It depends. And the 22nd Amendment clearly states that if the moment you step in is two years or more than when you first run, then you're in fact limited to just one term to run. But Kamala Harris is no more going to be the nominee for the Democrats in 24, 24, then I'm going to be pitching for the New York Yankees. Well, well, hold on. Hold on now, Tom. Hold on, because six months ago, nobody would have thought you'd have been in a new movie coming out. Uh, (laughs) I knew it. Now, the rest of us didn't know. Well, okay, so... I, nobody wants the Democrats don't want her in 2024, but there's got to be something going on when we finally see CNN a hard against Joe Biden and his polling numbers. We've got Gergen coming out trying to push him out. Um, they know that, that that his poll numbers are the worst uh, in, in many decades. I think I reported last night that they haven't been this low. Trump's Trump's approval ratings were never this bad, even in the middle of the Trump derangement. A syndrome that was going on and the Russian collusion Bob Mueller investigation. They've got to get rid of him. Is there a scenario to where they push him out after the midterms, she steps in as VP, and then they push somebody else in 2024 like Gavin Newsom? Yes, that scenario is real. Uh, very few people, look, I said it was 18 months. Uh, it would be 18 months that she would be pushed out, uh, put in after Biden was pushed out. Um, I'm clearly wrong with that because we're at 18 months right now, uh, but uh, or just about to get 18 months. But yes, there's a real possibility after the midterms that Biden's decline continues, and there are people who would want her to be in there. They're they're stuck in a rock and a hard place, though. The big resistance to pushing Biden out is uh, President Clinton, the White House chief of staff who is running the show and all of the people behind the curtain. They are not the same people that are in the orbit of Kamala Harris. And these people have the norm, the power, literally, they are running the government and they don't want to give up that power to the Harris people mm. or Harris because they could lose their power. So yeah. there is that tension there. Um, but the problem with Harris is that she has the worst approval ratings of any VP in modern history. <laughs> At the time I wrote that last November, she had an overall approval rating in the 28th, even in California. Yeah. She's only at 35. Yeah, it is really 
so that is um, the, so the Democrats. This is truly you know bad news and bad news because what are they going to do? They can't. They have to get rid of Biden because he's an unmitigated disaster. But they have to turn to, to Harris, who is who is deeply unpopular, and they know likely would be. Uh, uh, a bad choice as well. What uh, is there another option to where? Okay, so let's say she steps in because that's the succession in, in, in our government. Vice president steps in. Then who becomes vice president? Well, she makes the choice. Just like Ford, when he became president, nominates a vice president that is approved by the House, and you could expect her to do that, but. You have David Axelrod pushing other than her. You have many prominent Democrats pushing candidates other than Kamala Harris. But if she becomes president of the United States, even people who don't like her will want to work for her because the allure of power and the possibility that she could be there six years. So she will not go quietly in no. the night. That is why I've been saying for months right. that once this midterm is over, a civil war among the Democrats, like few times in American history, is about to get unveiled. Yeah, I agree. And and I actually think, you know, Skins had a question that uh, what is there any scenario in which Joe steps down and Harris does not step in? I don't see that happening. Let me answer it first, because she was picked because she's the first woman at uh, of color as vice president. And th- to have that be for their identity politics and everything that they're all about, to have that be the first female president. She, they're not going to give up that um, that that opportunity. She would have to resign because otherwise, his resignation or the operation of the Twenty Fifth Amendment automatically places her in power okay. by law by the Constitution as amended. Oh dear! So, <laughs> so if he leaves, she's the alternative, and the power, powerful Democrats know that she's not capable of the job. So it, it is a free-for-all to come, which is why I wrote uh, right after Biden got inaugurated four years of living dangerously under Joe Biden, because he's so weak. And, and China, which didn't exist when Carter was weak, not to the degree it does now, and certainly not the power of computers and the Internet, this is, this is incredibly dangerous moment in the history. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it, when you look at the fact that, and nobody's talking about it, the fact that he sold off our strategic oil preserves to, you know, the, the Chinese Communist Party company that Hunter Biden's company has a stake in, you know, the, you know that is, in my opinion, it's not just impeachable, it's prosecutable, um, because he, in my opinion, that makes him an enemy of the state and an operative for the Chinese Communist it's Party. Stunning. Yes. It's stunning. Yeah. It is so... I, it's an, it's not even fathomable that he he would do that sort of thing. Imagine if Trump had so, uh, sold resources to Russia. 
Yeah, and, and lost their mind. And we look, we look so stupid on the world stage. I mean, I want to play this clip for you. I mean, it's funny, but to think that this is how the world is is viewing what once we were the greatest superpower in the world, and the president of the United States was um, the leader of the world. And I want you to listen to this clip, uh, clip nine skins. <laughs> Just imagine if the hopelessly incoherent and inept president was merged with the smoother silk fictional news anchor. Well, you don't have to imagine. Higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. (laughs) Hang on. It goes on. Who is running America? President Biden or the person operating his auto cue? And yet there's a good reason why Biden's handlers insist that the president use an auto cue when speaking to the media, because this is what can happen when Joe goes off script. And to get hot, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. <laughs> what you might not have been able to tell in that audio is uh, she played they played a clip of of Biden's uh, face with Ron Burgundy's hair and mustache. I mean, this is this is the leader. This is the president of the United States being mocked in the world stage. Yeah, there's no question about it. You know, I'm I'm working on my life's work, a uh, history book and about the rise and decline beginning of the decline of the United States, only you would never find such a doddering person at the beginning of a civilization. At the beginning of a civilization, a country is proud, it's nationalistic, it has purpose. It would never allow someone to come into power like we're facing today who who is anti-American on a lot of you know, the traditional values of America that he is, and he's so incredibly weak. And this is a dangerous situation, to be sure. It is. It absolutely is. Well, thank you for being here tonight, Tom DeBacaro. And you're going to have to keep us posted on that movie because we definitely want to see it when we do. We'll give you a little extra time on the fishing picks. Yeah, we will. We'll give you a little... <laughs> thank you, you know, for being funny, here. The last time I saw them, they were. I have a, a big space under the house where uh-huh. a lot of storage. Uh-huh. I remember them down there. We're going to clean it out. We're going to find it. Otherwise, I'll lose face with you, and I can't afford that. <laughs> no, you can't, man, because my memory is long, and I ain't forgetting, okay? <laughs> Thanks right. for he, being here, my dear. Well, the excuses for Biden, what they... You you know, they got a Biden problem. And wait till y'all hear the excuse from Sheila Jackson Lee for the Biden poll numbers being as bad as they are. We got more Andrea K. Show on its way. 888-344-1170. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, we were talking with Tom DeBacaro about what the Democrats are going to do. Joe Biden will not be here to run in 2024. Joe Biden will be removed from office either through it won't be through the 25th Amendment. It's going to be he will step down. He will resign um, for for some family reason or whatever. And uh, Kamala Harris, I predict, will step in as as president. 
POTUS. Uh, it, and, and let me tell you, it's not any worse than Joe Biden, because as as that foreign reporter said in that clip we played last segment, um, who's running the country? Everybody knows it's not Joe Biden and it's not Kamala Harris. There's Ron Klain and Barack Obama and so much of the same machine that was has been in place and even including the uh, the uniparty system is still there. But the question I have, 888-344-1170, is who do you think she would pick as her VP? I say Gavin Newsom. Because what she's going to be told is Joe Biden's going to walk away. You're going to get a chance to be P for about a year and a half. And then you're going to walk away and Gavin Newsom's going to run in 2024. That's my prediction. That's my thought. Yeah, yeah, predictions are fine, Andrea. But I mean, breaking news. I, I see this on Newsmax that Biden is scoffing at doubters in his own party. And he says, <laughs> Dems want me to run in 2024. I don't. It's all speculation. Yeah. You know, and you know, you got to wonder if he even knew what he was saying there as he was reading that. You know, it, I wonder if that's just not him being told to say that because they don't want. They don't want you to think that. They don't want us to know really what's going on. They don't want us to have. um have awareness of the strategy going on because they don't want us to they don't want people to connect the dots with the fact no, that this he's is not, a real there's a real play here well yeah and they don't want people to to start connecting the dots to the fact that there's no way that this man won 80 million votes in the middle of this jan 6 committee and everything they're trying to pull on that they don't want people to be going yeah there's no way that this man because if you if you look at uh, polling numbers you know we talked about this last night um if he had made, if he had literally legitimately earned 80 million votes, it would have been the, the people, his polling numbers would have to be higher now in spite of how bad the inflation is. Because there's something about, um, I think it was, was it P.T. Barnum that said it's easier to, to fool people than to convince people that they've been fooled? Yep. So, you know, one of the things when I was in corporate sales, one of the things we were trained to never do is never say anything that, that would make the, the prospective customer feel bad about a decision that they made in the past because people will get really defensive about their decisions. He could not possibly have the poll numbers as bad as they are right now if he had ha- legitimately gotten 80 million voters. If At he legitimately least, got those voters, Andrea, I really think now with as bad a job as he's done, you would see it start to taper off, but not be as bad. as It wouldn't be as there. bad as it is because there would be things were pretty bad under Obama. Right. Uh, we had for the first time in the United States of America, we had we didn't have two consecutive quarters in the country with growth. We were in a constant state of either recession or just flatlined in this country. Um, we had open borders. We had, you know, wars happening everywhere. Um, you would not see his numbers tanked as low as they are. And they're having to um, they're having to make some extraordinary excuses for him. This coming from none other than the one and only Sheila Jackson Lee. Here's her explanation for the poll numbers right now. Skins, please play clip two. So I really look at those numbers, yes, as dissatisfaction, as the frustration of the summer the heat. Um, But I'm ready for the fall when we really turn that election around after Labor Day and all the groups that have been supporting Joe Biden get ready, get busy to really make a difference in the 2022 election. Andrew, you hear It's just the heat. It's the heat, man. (laughs) That's hilarious. No, the Democrats don't want you to know that there's a push behind the scenes to push him out. The media really, really wants him out. And that's where a lot of the pressure is coming from. Hey, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to take you over a little bit 
bit to the January 6th hearings with our friend Brian Maloney from Red Wave America. So stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.